Suddenly, people are realizing that pot isn't quite the wonder drug they thought it was. Taylor Lorenz laments that the legacy media is falling apart, but she absolutely refuses to acknowledge why, because if she did, then she'd have to realize she was part of that disintegration, and a woman gets pregnant in Italy, and this is huge news. I'll tell you why. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Oh, two-week vacation. It seems like it's a two-week vacation. I was actually only gone for a week, but the week before I only did two podcasts because of uh, things we had to deal with. But, oh, completely refreshed. So looking forward to getting back into it today. And the big problem is when when I take a week off, it's a killer for me because there's so much news that happened and there has been a lot of news that happened last week. It's very difficult for me to come back. So what I decided was, you know what? I, I, there's a ton of stuff I've got to talk about. I'm just going to talk about all this culture stuff because I think it's funny anyway. At the end of the week, I'm going to do a probably Friday. I think I'll do work five days this week, but I, on Friday, I'll probably do the entire compilation of the World Economic Forum's get-together two weeks ago. Uh, There's a lot out there. Again, the news media doesn't talk too much. Even Fox News doesn't talk a lot about it, even because it's all the same thing. But I think it, it still needs to be front and center. So we'll talk about that. But the first things first, I, I do want to get to a couple of pieces of news that I don't think we can skip. Okay, so let's get to the first piece of news. So Donald, last week, Donald Trump lost his lawsuit against him. $81-82 million. He has to pay this, this gal, E. Jean Carroll, who she accused of rape. Of course, no evidence. She didn't even know exactly when it happened. And it happened like 15 years ago. But she decided to sue. And of course, she didn't sue until he was president for two years, and she realized he was very unpopular in New York, where she sued, and that he was probably going to lose. And so no evidence of rape, no evidence of sexual harassment. Of course, then he, Donald Trump called her a liar, and that was defamation. So she sued him for defamation, too. He, so $81 million. And that's on top of the $5 million she won from the rape lawsuit. And of course, Donald Trump is saying, yeah, I'm going to appeal this. This is all BS, which is true. This is this is in New York. Let's call it what it is. This is way over overboard. He simply called her a liar. And by the way, E. Jean Carroll, if you heard her interviews, she's freaking nuts. This broad is nuts. She took advantage he said he barely knew her. He, he said, he, well, yeah, maybe I did. I don't know if I met this gal before. I certainly didn't rape her. But it doesn't, evidence doesn't matter with the left. Evidence doesn't matter with the left. And by the way, there's a reason this was brought up in New York and not, let's say, Florida or Oklahoma or Georgia or Texas because it, it would have been dismissed right off the bat. So... And then we've got the other lawsuit in New York where they want to they take $300 million away from Donald Trump 
again, for no crime. I mean, there is no crime. There's no victim. Because he said he had overinflated his properties. So New York said, well, we want $300 million. And meanwhile, his lenders, the ones who really should worry about whether his properties are overinflated, said, uh, no, he didn't do anything wrong. They, there's no complaint against him except by the city of New York. And the reason there's a complaint against him by the city of New York is because of that prosecutor that doesn't want anything, that said she ran on the fact that she was going to get Donald Trump and she couldn't find a crime. And she looked. You know Donald Trump is clean. If this broad over in, in New York said she was going to look for a crime and couldn't find one, you know that this guy is squeaky clean. And that says something because Donald Trump does not strike me as squeaky clean on just about anything. But apparently he is. By the way, the dog is sitting next to me and she's in a specifically whiny mood. So if you hear her in the background, you know why. And I'm not going to even bother editing it because she's really cute. Anyway, so Donald Trump, again, uh, the, the march goes on. They're going to try and dirty up. I mean, this is election interference. Right off the bat, we can say right now in January, and actually we were say, saying it in February, November, or I'm sorry, we were saying it in December, November, October, September, when all this stuff started happening, that this election is already fixed. It's already rigged. It's already fixed. We're calling it right now. This election is fixed. And if Donald Trump wins this election, it will just show you, one, how bad Joe Biden is. And two, how much, uh, how good or how sick and tired the people are of this government right now. And to be honest with you, sick and tired of this government. I absolutely can't stand this government. Now, uh, the second piece of news, this is big news. This is big news. And this happened yesterday. Um, so this is coming from the Daily Wire. Iranian-backed terrorists in the Middle East, they don't know who they are yet killed three soldiers and injured dozens more in a drone attack. The latest terrorist attack against U.S. forces in the Middle East marks the 159th attack that the U.S. forces has sustained since mid-October. Quote, on January 28th, three U.S. service members were killed and 25 injured from a one-way attack, UAV, UAS system or an unmanned aircraft system that impacted at a base in northern Jordan near the Syrian border. U.S. Central Command said in a statement, as a matter of fact, as a matter of respect for the families in accordance to the DOD policy, the identities of the service members will be withheld until 24 hours after the next kin has been notified. So 34 other soldiers were, were injured. And by the way, when we say injured here, we're not talking, okay, they got scratched or they tripped while they were running away from the, the drone that was blowing up. We're talking traumatic brain injury. So not only do you have those three dead, you've got several that actually are going to spend the rest of their lives in a, in, um, in a vegetative state. So, or at least compromised, compromised intellectually. So here, here's here's the whole thing. Um, right now, it said it was the 159th attack. Yeah, we're well over 160 because they've continued to attack. And the question has to be, what are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? 
Joe Biden, everyone had said it. And a matter of fact, Ben Shapiro said it just last week or a week before. He said, you know something? Eventually, one of these service members is going to get killed. And then the question is going to be, what are you going to do? Because you're showing nothing but weakness and Iran keeps pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. Well, Iran now has finally killed soldiers in a terrorist attack. Uh, we don't know who it was. Again, it, it, some people are saying the Houthis. Iran is kind of, um, they have taken responsibility for it. Uh, Iran has mentioned that they were arming those people. So we know Iran, they were Iran-backed, but we don't know who actually did it yet. And we should find out today or tomorrow. But the reality of the matter is you're going to have to deal with Iran now. One way or the other. And I don't mean we shoot down the drones. Because that's all they've been doing. Here's the problem with terrorists. Uh, they have to be right only once. The people that are defending from the terrorists have to be right every time. And this is an exact, exact example of this. One drone got through and now three soldiers are dead. However many are injured for the rest of their lives. We're going to have to figure that out. Well... It's, it's enough with this. We're going to bomb, you know, a camel in the middle of the desert. We need to go out there and go after them and kill people. That's what it's coming down to. I mean, there's even talk on Fox News, which I don't necessarily agree with, but I'm not, with the way things are, I'm not against it either. There's a thought that we need to bomb Iran and actually hit Iran hard. And you know what? I'm warming up to that because they're getting to the point where these people they're just going out to kill us. And they push and push, and we don't want war and all this. Well, Iran seems to want war because the more we stay away from them, the more they push back. So there's got to be a point where we said, now U.S. troops are dead. Um, probably time to do something about it. And then Joe Biden, because he's running for re-election, you know he's hiding, so he's not going to say much about this. It's just a terrible tragedy. 2024, I got to tell you, it's going to be a wild year between the election, between the uh, Taiwan and China, the Middle East, the war in Ukraine. When the war in Ukraine is like fifth or sixth story down there, you know this things are going absolutely crazy. Okay, let's get to a dumbass of the day. And this guy is really, this gal is really special. <laughs> You know, the one thing I noticed with these trans people, they don't pick on someone who can fight back. They always pick on the person that is stuck in a position where they can't really say anything, and they're actually hired to be polite and to tolerate with people, even people that are being stupid. One of the I, That's why they target kids. They don't want to target adults. If they target adults, adults will tell them to F off. But it, but they, they always target someone who is kind of kind of more lowly. They're at their job. They are they're required to be polite. They can't really they don't want to be controversial. They don't want to say anything. They never target someone who is who is who can fight back. And we're getting to a point now where these businesses, I know a lot of them are woke and they, they demand that you be woke too, but there's going to be a, a point where people are going to say, even these businesses, 
the woke businesses. They're going to sit there and say, you know what, just tell them no. Here is a person who is walking through, it looks like it's a CVS or something. And she is a white person, of course. She's looking for men, male tampons because she's, she thinks she's a woman, a man, I mean. And so she's looking for tampons for men. And there's a guy, a black man. You see, you see where it is? You see where it is? Why would a white woman go, a white woke woman go after a black man? Well, she'd go after a black man because she's in a higher victim class than he is. He's only black. She's trans. You see, you see what the problem is here? If a straight white man did the same thing to a black man, he'd be called a racist. Okay, if I were looking for, let's say, tampons for my daughter who thinks he's a man and I asked for male tampons and I started giving this guy the crap that she's given him, yeah, I would be called a racist. But, you know, she's a trans person and so she is on a higher, she's on a higher uh, victim's victim. She's higher on the victim ladder. So let's listen to her. And let's listen to this poor bastard. He's trying to be polite. He's trying to be a nice guy. Um, he's trying to deal with her mental illness. He just doesn't really know how to do it. And, that's, and I, don't, I, I don't fault him at all. I mean, I understand why he's doing what he's doing. And I understand his confusion because she's talking absolute nonsense. So let's listen to this. It's a little long. It's about two minutes. So let's listen to this little interaction. Alright, out here, chopping for tampons, but, uh, they don't have the tampons for men in yet? I'm gonna ask. Hey, excuse me, sir. Um, so I found your normal tampons, but I'm actually looking for tampons for men today. Where would those be at? Uh, let me see the one you got. I got these. But I, I want the ones for men, not those. Um... I don't see the word... A uh, woman on here. I think these are the ones for men. Uh, no, you see how it's all like pink and purple. I'm not. I'm not trying to pay the pink tax on this. Um, I. I just want normal tampons. You know, like the the ones marketed for men. For men. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, they have to, right? Like they got they got dude wipes. Uh, I, I want that, but you know, for tampons. For men. Yeah. You want tampons for men? Yeah. Okay. Are you saying that you guys don't carry that? I don't think, I don't think we have those. So you, what you're saying is that you're not inclusive, or? Um, definitely not. Uh, I, I don't. I think that they just have these here. Uh, I think these are uh, uni unisex, so everyone can utilizing it's kind of like for all people i don't but see how it's pink i don't want to pay the pink tax on that like i just want normal tampons that well, aren't I gonna have that extra tax this on. this box here is uh 7.99 and this one right here is a uh, 7 uh 7.39 mm -hmm. it's a little cuter you want to get this one instead i'll put this one back this is black are those for men though like does it say dude on it uh, Yeah, this is uh, ensure every person has the product they need. Every person. 
this is for every other person. Okay, you know that that's yeah. actually very helpful. If if that's the best you could do, uh, thank you, thank you so much for your help today. Okay. That's yeah, that's way better. All right. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I will. Thanks. Have a great day. I gotta be honest with you. Um, this is a point that people are gonna have to learn, and it, you're beginning to see a lot more of it. But people are going to have to learn to say, uh, we don't have men and women's tampon. It's just tampons. Uh, and men don't need tampons. That's why there's no such thing as men's tampon. See, one of the things this gal doesn't quite understand is if you need tampons, you're just proving you're a woman. You can put on pants, cut your hair, use hormones so that you got a little facial hair and your voice lowers. But if you need tampons, you're not a man. You're a woman. You're proving it by needing tampons because men don't need tampons. And notice I didn't say that biological crap before. I didn't qualify it by biological man or biological woman because it's just man and woman. There's no such thing as a trans man, trans woman. And these people don't understand enough's enough. And we're beginning to see it. There was an air, there was a, a commercial at a there was not a commercial, a video from an airlines where the guy the guy was given an ID and he was called Sir, even though he was dressed in a dress and had a wig on or whatever. And basically he was called Sir because his passport, his identification identified as a man, and that's what the airline uh, attendant said. Hey, uh you're it says you're a man here. Well, do I look like a man? He And he said, yeah, you do. And this guy got called a transphobe and all of this crap. But the reality was, he was just like, listen, I don't want to hear any of your crap. If you don't like it, you can leave. And we're going to see a lot. And there are a couple other videos like that. We're going to see a lot more of that. Because people are tired of this crap. They're not going to be forced to sit there and try and figure out what's in this mentally ill person's head. They're not going to do that anymore. I know I've done it. The first time I, I met a trans person and he said his pronouns were she and they. By the way, I love the way these people use all of the pronouns to identify themselves except the right ones. I saw a person that said that she identified as a he, him, they, them. Oh, every other pronoun that was incorrect when she was a she, her. They, them is not even English when it comes to identifying an individual, but it's it's amazing that that stuff happens. So this is what's going to happen. This poor bastard, and she's picking on this poor bastard, and all he's doing is stocking the shelves. That's all he wants to do. He wants to get his minimum wage, stock the shelves, be left alone, and, she's ha and he's looking at her like, and you know what he's thinking. He's thinking... There are, these are just, and he did say this, they're just tampons. They're not men's or women's tampons, they're just tampons. There aren't, he even said on the box, there's nothing in there that says women's. It just says tampons. It's just assumed, it's assumed tampons are for women because women use tampons. Men do not use tampons. So this guy kind of was pushing in that direction. He just didn't have the he just didn't have the thing, lady, lady. Here are your tampons. 
take them or leave them. I don't know what to tell you. There are no men's tampons. None of the, if you walk through tampon aisle, none of them say women's tampons. None of them say women on them. They're just tampons. So do you want a blue box? Here's a blue box. There are tampons in blue boxes. Grab that. Here's the men's. And I think he did do that. If you look at the video, I think he did grab a blue box and hand her a blue box. Here you go. Men's tampons. Well, they're not marketed towards men. Tampons are not marketed towards men or women. They're just sold because men and women need them. Incredible. And that leads us to our our first story of the day. Because <laughs> I, I'm sorry, this is just, just absolutely funny. According to the New York Post, a transgender man, that's a woman, by the way, who underwent a mastectomy while transitioning in Italy, found to be five months pregnant, joining the rare group called so a uh, group of so-called seahorse dads. This trips me out. I don't know what's happening. I'll talk about the New York Post tomorrow because I don't know what's happening with them. They used to be a very conservative paper, and they they seem to be going down this line. Okay, so a transgender man, in other words, a woman, was getting her tits cut off. And she she found out she was pregnant. Uh, continuing, the parent-to-be, referred to as Marco in Italian media, already had a breast removal operation and was preparing to get rid of her uterus when the pregnancy was discovered at a hospital in Rome. Quote, having discovered the pregnancy, the first thing to do is suspend hormone therapy immediately, Dr. Gilia Santofante an endocardiologist, told La Repubblica, the news outlet that first reported it. The reason they have to stop the hormone therapy is because it's not normal hormones women produce. And if she wants the baby, she's going to have to stop using the hormones. And apparently she wants the baby. So the story gets crazier. Quote, having discovered the pregnancy, the first thing you do, here we go. The expert on the gender therapy warned that the fetus could be at risk. Quote, if the halting of the therapy is not immediate, there could be consequences, especially in the first trimester of pregnancy, which is important time for the development of the baby's organs, Santofante said. Here's the reality. It's not about the, it's not about the baby. It's not about the baby. And the article really pushes that. No one cares about the baby. She doesn't care about the baby. The doctor might care about the baby, but she's going to have the baby anyway. So, so the big the big stock here is the seahorse dad thing. Okay, instead of just calling her a mother. So let's get to the seahorse dad part here. A little further down the article, because the article does spend a long time discussing the dangers of hormone therapy on women and on the babies. So it, it does spend a while on that. But I mean... I shouldn't have to explain that. It should be quite obvious. This hormone therapy that this gal is on will sterilize her. She doesn't need the uterus pulled off. So if it's sterilize her, you know if she's pregnant, that's going to hurt the baby. Okay, later in the article, Marco, who is expected to go through the pregnancy, will be the bio- child's biological mom, but will be registered legally as the dad, according to La Repubblica. The unusual case, believed to be the first of its kind in Italy... Makes him a makes him it's a her, a member of a tiny group known as Seahorse Dads, transgender men, which are women, 
who carry babies. The term is delivered from the fact that among seahorses, the males carry and give birth to their young. The Italian law permits abortion after 90 days only in the case of serious fetal defects or a significant risk to the mother. But psychological stress from unusual maternity could justify a therapeutic abortion, said uh, Matilda Vigneri, a consultant at a gender dysphoria clinic in Palermo. Of course, she's, she's not going to get an abortion because she wants to have the baby, because she wants to be able to claim that men can have babies, because women who think they're men and have babies prove that men can have babies. Uh, forget the irony that women who think they're men who have babies, it just proves that they're really women. This article doesn't even hit that, which is why I'm wondering, when you hear the articles from the New York Post tomorrow, you'll sit there and say, what? Quote, if Marco's pregnancy goes ahead, Marco will find himself, herself, to be a biological mother and a legal father, she said, the Times of London reported. It will be a shock. Here, same-sex families are still without rights. Just imagine a child born in such special circumstances, end quote, Vigneri said. Well, you know what? The Italian government should sit there and say, no, you're the mother. You can't be the mother and father. And by the way, I love the way they said that. There was a, there was a post on Twitter where it said that fish, certain fish, can actually reproduce within themselves. So a male fish can turn into a female fish and give birth. And the question with this was that, okay, this proves transgenderism. Well, if people are not fish, fish also have two, two uh, chambers of their heart. Does that mean that now the chambers of the heart is on a spectrum? Human beings can have six chambers or two chambers in their heart? No, fish are different. And I'm sure there's a mammal out there that can change its sex, but it's a very strange mammal. It's an odd mammal. It's, 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 not, it's not the normal way a mammal... There are no bears that change their sex. There are no whales that change their sex. It's just, it's an incredible, incredibly stupid argument. And the Italian government going for this, saying that, um, saying that this woman having a baby, this is a major story because it's a man having a baby. And these news outlets, like the Times of London, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Times of London is always believed in this crap. But to sit there and say that this stuff is all normal and all it just proves their point, the only thing I'd say is, no, it just proves she's a woman. That's all. Just like the other gal who needed the, the tampons. It doesn't prove that men menstruate. It proves that you're a woman. Absolutely incredible story. I, 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 I read that. I, I couldn't believe it. Okay, here's something. Here's a great story. I, so Taylor Lorenz, you may know her. She was the one that outed the uh, anonymous uh, Libs of Tic Tac talk creator. She's truly a terrible human being, a narcissist. She's exactly 
what a lot of people hate about millennials. Well, she's online and she decides to release a video. She she works for the, well, worked. I don't know if she works for the Washington Post anymore. Uh, that's what she's kind of complaining about. She decided to do a video complaining about how there is the mainstream media is completely collapsing. There are massive layoffs at some of the largest publications in the country. And she's complaining about it. And I got to tell you, it's delightful to listen to. So let's listen to Taylor Lorenz and then let's talk about it. Our journalism industry is basically in a free fall. Today, the Los Angeles Times laid off 115 employees. They wiped out their entire DC bureau in an election year. They laid off pretty much all of their sports teams. They killed their entire tech and business section. They laid off breaking news writers, social media editors, the list goes on. But what's really dark is this is just the latest in months and months and months of layoffs in the media industry. In fact, tens of thousands of journalists have been laid off in the past year. Major media companies like BuzzFeed News have completely shuttered their news operations. Time Magazine also just laid off a ton of people and oh, Sports Illustrated basically shut down last week. Pretty much the entire digital media ecosystem that myself and a lot of other millennial journalists came up in has been completely hollowed out. And it's not just digital media sites. Local news has been obliterated. The newspaper industry is cratering. Radio is essentially dead aside from NPR, which has been gutted. Meanwhile, hundreds of workers at Condé Nast, the parent company of pretty much every major magazine from GQ to Vogue to The New Yorker to Vanity Fair are on strike because they're also facing impending layoffs. Even mainstream national media outlets owned by billionaires like The Washington Post, where I work, and The Atlantic, where I used to work, have done layoffs. If you're a young journalist today, there's almost no on-ramp to traditional journalism. Even if you do get a job, journalists' salaries have been stagnant and even declined. And by the way, we don't make that much to begin with. I don't think people understand how bad the world would be without journalists. What's amazing about this is she has no con. She doesn't doesn't discuss why at all. The mainstream media is dying. It is dying big time, and it's it's not just a, and it's not just the mainstream media. It's all leftist media is dying. The Guardian is laying off, laying off. NPR is the only one that's not really laying off, and they're not doing well. It's all left leaning media. Because here's what she doesn't understand. People are sick and tired of being told what to do. Sick and tired of being told obvious lies. Sick and tired of being called racist, sexist, bigoted, transphobes. People are sick and tired of seeing a man competing against a woman and being told what a brave, what a brave and beautiful woman when it's a man. People are sick and tired of seeing men dressed as women, wearing thongs, dancing in front of kids and being told this is good, this is normal. This is the problem with the mainstream media. Do you know what media is doing really well? Right-wing media. Because we sit there and look at this stuff and we say, that's crazy. That's, that's absolutely crazy. That's wrong. That's illegal. This person should be in jail. We look at the crime on the streets and don't feel sorry for the criminal. We sit there and say, we look at a cop making an arrest and then being accused of whatever and say, no, that cop pretty much, there is a story, there was a story last week of a cop, they were a bunch of cops, they were undercover cops arresting a guy for major drug distribution. The guy got on a motorcycle, started driving down the wrong side of the street 
started driving on a sidewalk. A cop threw a uh, threw a a basket at him. The guy fell off his motorcycle. Mind you, he almost ran over the cop. And the cop is now looking at... The guy hit his head and he died, I think. And now he's, the cop is looking at second-degree murder. And you look at it and you're like, well, this guy was almost ran over that cop. Why is this cop... This guy should be given a medal. He didn't shoot. He did what needed to be done. And now he's looking at losing his job. Or facing prison and people like me are looking at this and saying this is insane this guy was a criminal i mean not just a little criminal this is a big time criminal to the point where new york city had 50 cops trying to arrest him he tried to get away he was driving dangerously on his motorcycle almost ran over a cop and a cop protected the rest of the city and now he's being charged with second degree murder this is the problem with the mainstream media. The mainstream media says, oh yeah, that cop should face second degree murder charges. And everyone else who, who's normal looks, and by the way, we are the majority. Everyone who's normal looks at this and says, this is insane. That's why right-wing outlets like Fox News, which I don't even think is all that right-wing, um, the Daily Wire, the Post Millennial, OAN, Newsmax, that's why... All this complaining that Taylor Lorenz is doing, those media outlets are not having the problems. They're not laying off. They're expanding. So she sits there, the mainstream media, she's talking about the leftist propagandist media. And she's too stupid to realize, or too stupid to even acknowledge that maybe there's a problem with the, the right-wing media. Why did Sports Illustrated lay off their entire... I mean, Sports Illustrated is basically shut down now. But why did they have to lay off their entire staff? Could it be they had a transgender man on their swimsuit issue? Or transgender woman? They had a man on their swimsuit issue that thinks he's a woman. Got all sorts of surgeries. Could it be that they had an overweight woman on their on the cover of their swimsuit issue? And people were like, this is just crazy. No, I'm not interested in buying this, this publication anymore. And people just gave up. Forget Sports Illustrated. I mean, ESPN is going through it. ESPN has been laying off people. They're a sports outlet. Why did ESPN have to bring in all this transgender crap, have to push? One of the problems ESPN is having is they play women's basketball all the time. Nobody wants to see the WNBA. Well, ESPN has decided, because they're a subsidiary of Disney, they've decided they're going to push WNBA and they're going to play it on every Saturday, WNBA basketball, women's college. No one wants to watch it. And then they wonder why their viewership has gone straight to hell. And then no one is watching SportsCenter, for example, because every time they've got somebody screaming about something woke. So no one's watching ESPN anymore. And no one just asks, why are we not... Disney. Disney hasn't made a good movie in about 10 years. And their profits are showing it. Disney could go bankrupt. No one's going to their parks. The question is, why is it? Could it be at the princess uh, clothing store? They've got a man measuring the girls. dressed A man with a full beard dressed in a dress. Getting the girls dressed? Could it have something to do with that? 
Could it have something to do that when you take your kid to a Disney movie, you don't want to see two women kissing or a man dresses a woman walking around? People don't, and she doesn't even doesn't even, you know, explore that problem. So it's it's not a shock that the mainstream media is going down. And the only thing I'm surprised about with her, she didn't actually sit there and say, "Well, we need to shut up all these all these outlets that are actually doing well. We need to shut down." And she said that before. We need to shut down Fox News. We need to shut down OAN, Newsmax, The Daily Wire, The Post Millennial. We need to shut them all down. Rebel News is another one. Rebel News is becoming big. It was a real outlier uh, news source. Now it is becoming one of the bigger news sources. We need to censor them because they don't have the right message. She didn't say that. Do you know why she didn't say that? Because she's saying all news outlets are having this problem. And they're not. And if she said, well, we need to shut down the Daily Wire, the problem she would have is she's saying that, oh, there are some successful news sources out there. Why are they successful? And then she'd have to actually explore the reasons. And she can't do that because she's part of the reason that to to call her a journalist is is a stretch. I mean, my God, she's terrible. All right, let's take a look at our next story here. Okay, this is, I have told you so. I have said this since day one. Now, I don't push anti-drug, I don't push anti-drug policies much. And the reason I don't is because I I think I'm talking from a, a position of authority. I think I know more than I do. My son died of a drug overdose, so I don't want drugs around. And one of the reasons I, whenever I debate someone, when it comes to pot legalization, I I basically have two reasons. One, you can't legalize pot in a nanny state because pot smokers end up worthless and they'd be on the street if it weren't for the fact our government decides to take care of them, which is why they want to legalize it. And two, if, uh, I mean, you want to smoke pot and you want to end up on the street, a bum, that's fine. That's on you. That's how it used to be in this country. But that's why it shouldn't be legal. And two, what benefit does pot legalization bring? I, I'm still waiting for that. Alcohol brings absolutely no benefits except to relax people. None. Neither does pot. And the fact of the matter is we tried to ban alcohol back in 1918 and it didn't work out because it was ingrained in our society. What's going to happen with pot 10 years from now when we realize, oh, how terrible it is and we try and ban it? It's going to be impossible to ban. What's worse, what's worse about pot is that it's becoming stronger. It's becoming more addictive. I had said a while back, it's as as addictive as cigarettes and cocaine. And the reason is because pot actually has tons of nicotine. It's not good for you. You breathe it in. I mean, I had people who tell me, oh, pot's good for you. And it's not good for you. Nothing you put into your body is that's not meant to be in your body is good for you. Pot destroys your lungs. It's worse than cigarettes on your lungs. It burns so hot. Well, here's, here's another example of why we should ban pot. And this is an incredible story. And this is the problem with pot, by the way. It, it makes people do things they wouldn't normally do. And then 
you got people that blame the pot instead of blaming the person who did what they didn't do. So let's listen to this story. This is from the New York Post. A broken-hearted dad uh, warned a lenient ju- warned a lenient judge established a de facto license to kill by sentencing his son's killer to probation this week after she stabbed him 108 times in a pot-induced frenzy. Quote, there is no respect for and no responsibility for anything anymore, Sean O'Melia told the Post Wednesday. If you can stab someone 108 times and get probation, we're going to have we're going to have nothing but anarchy and chaos. Brian Spector, now 33, had taken a hit of marijuana from a bong while at while at victims Chad O'Melia's Thousand Oaks apartment in 2018 when she suddenly began attacking him with a knife. Despite ingesting a single toke of the standard pot leaf, Spector was launched into an extended rage, stabbing the 26-year-old accountant 108 times. Lawyers for Spectre and audiologist argued that she wasn't responsible for the bloody slaying because of her intoxicated state. So basically this broad goes in there, smokes weed, stabs somebody 108 times, and it's the pot's fault. Okay, the obvious, the obviously obvious point of this story from the New York Post is that, well, she, and they do say this, she should have had taken the responsibility simply from smoking the pot. It's like a drunk driver driving down the street and he runs into somebody and then he blames the alcohol. So therefore he shouldn't be charged with vehicular manslaughter. That's coming by the way. This is the give a mouse a cookie principle. The, the downward slope, that is coming. The slippery slope theory, it's all coming here. Drunk drivers are going to sit there and say it was the alcohol. Forget the fact that she did smoke the pot. And you, the reason you smoke pot is because you want to get high and you want to lose yourself. The reason, it's the same reason you drink. Forget, yeah, you, we're going to be, people are going to be telling them in the courts, oh, Forget the fact I drank. I was responsible right then for doing that. The consequences of my bad decision is not my fault. That's exactly what this is about. But it's just, it's absolutely incredible. But it also shows pot is not a good drug. It's not a good drug. The reality is it's more, it's just as addictive as cocaine or cigarettes. It is physically addicting. It, is, it causes psychosis. In San Diego, there's a story out there. I'd have to find it. But there's a story out there that says the San Diego, UC San Diego Hospital takes in 30 psychotic patients due to marijuana smoking a week. They become psychotic. One of my family members, when he smokes weed, he doesn't smoke weed much anymore. But when he smokes weed, he gets paranoid, overly paranoid, like he can't stand still. He's always looking around. Someone's always after him. That's a psychotic break. That's not how he is normally. But we're here to forget about it. The New York Times, Washington Post, The Guardian, all these publications are now screaming. I mean, these are publications that scream we should legalize weed. 
Okay, now they're saying, oh, well, they're addictive. Here's, here's one example. Here's from The Guardian. As marijuana goes mainstream, there is a persistent belief that it's not addictive. That is part because addictive behavior emerges more slowly than with substances such as opioids. And cannabis withdrawal isn't the living hell of getting off those drugs. Now, I want to be clear with something. I know that the big argument would be that marijuana today is a lot stronger, and it is. It's a lot stronger. But back in the 80s, it was also addictive. I had a friend who couldn't go to school unless he smoked it. He couldn't get through his day unless he smoked weed. Before he went to school and right after, the guy was constantly stoned. Don't tell me that isn't an addiction. And by the way, I'm not saying everyone who smokes weed gets addicted. I mean, with alcohol, it's I didn't know this. So I had to look it up. But only 8% of the population that drinks alcohol actually becomes alcoholics. So yes, it's not everybody. I understand that argument. But the fact of the matter is, it's, it's as much as 8%. It's between 8 and 12% of people who smoke weed and then can't stop smoking weed. Okay, so continuing with this article. But the truth of the matter is clear. Quote, there is no debate that marijuana is both psychologically and physiologically addictive, says Aaron Weiner, a psychologist and director of addiction services at Linden Oaks Behavioral Science Health in, clin- in a, a clinic in Illinois. Cannabis withdrawal, according to a 2004 study, cites, uh, he cites, can lead to irritability, anxiety, negative mood, loss of appetite, and impaired social functioning. Withdrawal symptoms tend to be more severe in heavier users and have also been observed in non-human primates. Drugs differ in their effects, but the symptoms of addiction are relatively consistent. Cannabis use can begin as a social activity and then, quote, it becomes the way you relax and cope with your problems, end quote. Does that sound familiar? That's, that's alcohol. That's what alcoholics go through. For problem users, it becomes more central to their lives and takes precedence over seeking fulfillment in work and relationships. Now, I do want to point something out here. I do want to point something out. This isn't everybody. Because when you sit there and say, well, everybody gets addicted, people flip out. This is a this is a minority of people that get addicted, but it is more than it is probably around ten percent. And if a hundred people are smoking weed, that means ten percent of ten people are becoming paranoid. And if it's a million, which we know that's a that's a low mark, go to a, a pot dispensary if you're in a state that has it legalized. There's more than ten people in there. We know that 10% of all those people that are buying weed are going to end up going nuts. This is a very dangerous time. Okay, I know I'm running, I'm running long. So yeah, I do want to do one thing. I do want to, it is going to be 10 movies that no human should suffer to. I just found this. It's from the Million Dollar Sense publication. Never heard of it. But it, it just hit my inbox, so I decided to look at it. So let's look at the 10 movies that no one should watch. And I agree with some of these. So number number 10 is the live-action Avatar, The Last Airbender. I didn't even know there was a live-action Avatar. I, I never knew it was. Now, Avatar, 
the worst movie that was ever made that that made billions. I don't even know why it made so much money. It was a terrible movie. It was just an entire propaganda piece on climate change and how bad white people are and how bad military is. And since the military was American, how bad America is. It was absolutely terrible. Okay, number two, Winnie the Pooh horror movie. I got to tell you something. I wanted to see this, but I heard it was god-awful. I heard it was just absolutely terrible. Uh, I might rent it one day just to see it, just to see how bad it is. But, you know, any horror movie is going to be really bad, especially a horror movie based on a children's on a children's uh, story. I'm also curious to see Mickey Mouse, the Mickey Mouse horror movie that's coming out. Again, I won't buy it. I might rent it just to see it. Cats is number three. Okay, Cats is a terrible play. It is a terrible play. I wouldn't even wa- I wouldn't watch the movie if you stuck a gun to my head. And uh, trust me, if I had to sit through three hours of guys dressed up in body suits singing weird songs, I don't. I saw the play because I heard it was a fantastic play. I saw the play. I didn't understand a damn thing that was going on in the play. It was just terrible. The, some of the music was okay, but number four, a wrinkle of time. I have no idea what this story is about. So I, 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 I read. I think I read the book when I was like eight, but I don't know what that's about. Okay, Dragon Ball Evolution. Not a shock here. Uh, I just was watching television and I saw they had a new movie coming. They had a new show coming out. I can't remember what was coming out. It was based on a video game. It was uh, a first-person shooter. I can't remember the name of the video game. I I had no desire to play the thing, and I had no desire to watch the TV show. But this is the problem with Hollywood. They have no ideas. They have zero ideas. So now they're going into video games, and they're making movies based on video games. The um, Mario is one. They did one for Doom. They Mortal Kombat. They did these movies. Here's the problem with video games. Video games. Um, uh, the, the the famous one is uh, the horror horror genre. I can't remember the name. A Resident Evil. Here's the problem with video games. Video games usually don't have a story, or the story is very level. It's very just kind of all right here's the here's here's the story now go kill something that's a video game so to try and actually create some sort of story out of a video game is just no it's not going to work and it's never worked that i've seen it so dragon ball evolution yeah i would assume pokemon is another one uh gaudy that is the one with uh john travolta and it does look terrible. Well, John Travolta, he has his moments. Apparently, this was not one of them. Uh, the Emoji Movie. How do you make a movie based on cartoon characters that you text? Well, they did. Again, it's just an absolute sign that these guys have absolutely no ideas. Let's get to number eight. Number eight is Jack and Jill. This was by Adam Sandler. I haven't seen it. It's supposed to be an absolutely terrible comedy. And that's the problem with Adam Sandler. I mean, he has great movies and he has god-awful movies. 
Apparently, this is one of his god-awful movies. A Serbian film. Okay, a Serbian film, I gotta tell you, it's one of the most graphic, disturbing movies ever made. I did get the opportunity to see the uncut version. It is basically a, it's a movie made in Serbia. It, it's an Eastern European film. It is absolutely brutal. It is very hard to watch. Extremely violent. And there is a story to it. And it just, ugh. yeah, it is a disgusting movie. Don't, don't watch it. And finally, Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey is the time when we just started losing our morality. When this movie came out, I want to say it came out about 2012, 2013. This movie came out, it, it became a big hit because it was every woman's dream, supposedly, to be owned by a man and have every sexual fetish she has uh every sexual fetish she has um, done. I mean, I, it, it's, it's, I read, I read, I got through, I didn't read the book. I got through halfway through the book because my ex-wife was reading it and she finished it, which she never reads. I got through halfway. I said, this is terrible. This is a God awful book. Everything you could have, um, threesomes, orgies, anal, toys, uh, B and D, anything B and uh, bondage and whatever, uh, anything you could uh, BDSM, anything you could imagine, was in that movie, was in that book, and I'm thinking to myself, why do you enjoy this? I mean, there's there's no there's no plot here. He basically is making this girlfriend into his slave. But this was a it was a terror. I, I haven't even seen the movie. I think I, I, I haven't made it through the movie. I tried to see it because my ex-wife wanted to see it and it was it was worse than the book. And that's saying a lot. The book was just terrible. Okay, uh, I know I went a little long, but I told you I was going to be extremely motivated because I've been gone. I'll shorten it up tomorrow. I hope you guys have a great day. God bless. This is Gene and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.